Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We are glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using a long, long time. The Lord be with you. That's something that we are especially mindful, mindful of in the Advent season as we are looking forward to Christ coming, to God being with us here, now, right where we live. Uh, but we celebrate that each and every Sunday. Uh, so let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, we're so grateful uh, that you have come to us in your son, Jesus Christ. We're so grateful that today, by your Holy Spirit's presence here, uh, we know that you are not distant from us. We know that you are with us, that you walk with us, that you strengthen us, that you guide us, that you forgive us, uh, that you confront us. You, you help us, God, to live the life you created us to live. Uh, you help us to, to live as full human beings here in this world that you have given us. Thank you, God, for this hour that we have to, uh, to celebrate you with song and prayer and scripture and communion. Uh, God, we pray that you would help us to, to meet you today, to be open to your spirit, to be open to, to hearing from you, to interacting with you, to being challenged by you, to being shaped by you. You are good, God, and we are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, if you're able and interested, uh, we've got our friend Darren here leading music today. So let's sing as we begin. Good morning. Whoa. That was loud. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hand hath made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think, that God is son not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art When Christ shall come With shouts of acclamation And take me home What joy fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great you are then sing my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sing 
my soul, my Savior, God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God, to Thee. How great Thou art. How great thou art. Oh, you all sound beautiful this morning. I don't, I don't need to sing. I'll let you all do it. He is jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me oh how he loves us oh oh how he loves us how he loves us all Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves, yeah, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. And we are his portion, and he is our prize. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And so heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about. Yeah, he loves us. Oh, how. Can I share a real quick story? Is that okay? All right. Green Bay Packers in the back say yes. So I support that. One of the cool things about life is how life is full circle. And there's two pieces to this. So one is uh, I was asked to lead worship this morning. 
And uh, one of the things I've been struggling with is, is trying to find a certain word in my life, and that word this morning is peace. And it's ironic that the day I get asked to lead worship is the day that we're talking about peace and how uh, in, in life and how crazy a life is a roller coaster, right? We experience up and downs in life. And the one thing that we're always kind of looking for is peace. But the other part of this is it's amazing how God works in lives because uh, the reason I'm here is because of Jason Thomas. Jason Thomas and I uh, and Jessica, we've been friends for many years. Uh, Jason actually uh, was the pastor for my uh, my when I was married, and uh, we kind of grew farther apart because I moved, and then as soon as I moved back, Jason and I kind of reconnected, and now we are Proud Bulls season ticket owners, and we spend a lot of time together, and it's because of him that brought me here, but I've always felt a peace in my heart when Jason was around, and so I just kind of feel like when he was brought back into my life, there was some of that peace that was kind of restored in me. I think of, I often tell Jason this, but he reminds me a lot of my late father. My late father was a brilliant man, and when I look at Jason and the way he preaches and the way he, he knows the Word of God and he's he studied the Word of God and the history of, of, of our religion and faith and everything, I just, every time I look at Jason, I see my dad, and so that brings me a, piece, a, a part of peace so I'm just so thankful for Jason's friendship and for leading me here and, and meeting everybody here. So we're going to play another song. This is one of my favorite songs, Good, Good Father. I think this is a beautiful song to play. So here we go. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am who I am Oh, I've been many searching for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide cause you know just what you need before we Say a word, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, it's a Undeniable, I, I can hardly speak in peace. So unexplainable, I, I can hardly think as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still into love, love your good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, your good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's 
who I am, your good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am, your good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you for being this good, good Father that all of us so desperately need. You know that the way we try to do things in life is we, we try, try to be our own boss. We try to do things our own way. We, we think we know best. I mean, all the way back from the first pages of the Bible, we see ourselves thinking we can decide what's good and what's bad. And God, you created us instead to live in this relationship with you, guided by you to let you be God instead of us trying to be God of our, of our little world, to let you be king instead of trying to rule our own kingdom, to let you be the good, good father who loves us so deeply that when we were stuck in our selfishness, our pride, our, our life doing things our own way that, I mean, frankly, ended up being more like, more like death, you didn't abandon us, you didn't reject us, you did not condemn us. But you came to us in your son, Jesus Christ, to shine your light into our darkness, to take our death, and in place, give us your life. God, we are so grateful today for the love that you have for each of us. I, I pray that the truth of that song would sink deep into every one of our hearts, those of us gathered here, those of us watching online, that we would know whoever we are, whatever we've done, wherever we've been, that you are a good, good Father, and we are loved by you. S please, God, sink that truth deep into our hearts today so that we can live in this world as people who know that we are loved, who know that you are with us, who know that you are good. Thank you, God. That today, whatever we've been facing, whatever hurts, whatever hang-ups, whatever, uh, whatever stresses, whatever fears, whatever things we walk into this place with, you're no stranger to any of that. You have lived this human life. You know what it's like. And God, today, we can live open before you. We can, we can bring all these things to you, all that we are, all that we carry with us. We can confess our failures to you and receive your grace. We can admit our fears and receive your confidence, your peace. God, we can be honest about our hurts and receive your healing. We can lift up to you friends and family and, and strangers we hear about and read about in the news. God, we can lift up needs to you knowing that you're the God who loves us, who is with us. You're the God who, you're the God who is here. You're the God who is good. Thank you, God, for making a difference in our here and now, in our lives today. And thank you again for inviting us into this time, into this place where we can connect with you and be reminded of your love. Please, God, continue to speak to us. Continue to work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thanks. Wait a minute. That sounded really half-hearted. Can we try that again? Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. That sounded like you meant it. Okay, we're going to take a couple minutes to greet each other, to extend that peace to each other. And uh, yeah, let's do that. Well, it's good to have you here in the room. Those of you who are with us, it's good to have you joining us online. Those of you who are joining us online, um, especially if you're online with us and we didn't get to just shake your hand and just say hi just now, uh, we would love to connect with you. If you could go to livinghope.info slash connect. And fill out that little digital connect card. Let us know how we can pray for you or thank God with you. Or just let us know that you're with us. Or leave a comment there on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching this. Uh, we would love to connect with you. And, uh, and especially if there's some way we can help you, pray for you, that sort of thing. We would love to be able to do that. And, of course, all of us in the room are welcome to, to do that same thing. Or you can just grab one of those little green cards back there and jot your info on it. And whatever question you might have or prayer request or whatever, 
And just make sure it gets into the offering box before you go. And uh, that way we can follow up with you this week. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in the box too. If you're giving to the Habitat Fund, just make sure you write Habitat on the envelope. Or if you're giving online, just hit the drop down to, to give to the Habitat, uh, the Habitat thing. Uh, if you go to livinghope.info slash Habitat, you'll see a link there that goes right to more information. Uh, there's, there's still, sorry, I just realized, there's still an RSVP link for yesterday's build day. It's too late. That was yesterday. You can't, you can't sign up to, to go build, help build the house yesterday. Uh, if we... Hopefully we'll have another chance to help build that house before the year is up and, uh, or before the house is done. And so we'll make sure and let you know if there's another chance for us to get out there and do that. Um, oh, one thing that's going on out in the lobby that you might have seen is that warm a home tree. Uh, it's got little, little paper ornaments on it, a little picture of a house. That all goes to First Contact here in town. It's a Christian resource and referral ministry we've worked with for years. That way, if somebody doesn't have a church they're a part of and they need help, you know, we get phone calls and things like that here. Uh, instead of them having to visit us and 20 other churches, we can all just funnel our resources to one place. So if you want to make a gift to First Contact, you can write them a check and put it in that envelope and mail it to them. Or you can give online to the Good Neighbor Fund. That's what we call it here. Uh, so the Good Neighbor Fund all goes to First Contact. And so if you give to that fund, uh, that will go to help keep our neighbors' homes warm, uh, make sure they've got their rent paid, make sure their utilities are up to date, all that good stuff. All right? Um, hopefully uh, hopefully you've, you've picked up one of these little... Hopefully you picked up one of these little books um, already. If not, there's still a few out there. The little devotional guide, daily devotional. It's got some uh, scripture each day and some reflections and some, and some questions. And then uh, also I hope you've got one of these. One of these back there because that will tell you more about this morning's message that Pastor Judy's about to bring. But first, before she does, do you still have that, Sam, with you that you can bring up with you? Because I don't have it up here. All right. Uh, we are lighting the Advent candles each week of Advent. Last week was hope. This week is peace, and I've asked Sam Burgett, who runs that Unity Cafe and a whole bunch of other cool stuff, I've asked her to lead us in the uh, responsive reading this morning. All right, if you can join me when it says all. Okay. In a world full of violence and strife, we are reminded... Blessed are the peacemakers. It would be easy for us to view peacemaking as avoiding conflict, but we are called to do the work of creating peace because of our unity in Christ. We are a community with many differences, but we are one of baptism. We don't want to be people who merely avoid conflict, but who work together toward true peace in spite of our differences. We want to be a community that has difficult conversations that are grounded in our love for God and for one another. We pray for one mind and one voice that we might glorify God. In a season when we talk often about peace on earth, Today we light the peace candle and reflect on the peace of Christ and, Christ and the possibility of peace in our world. We remember Christ as the Prince of Peace and we remember our call to be peacemakers. In a world of violence, we are united by the Prince of Peace to be peacemakers Lord, we are divided by so many things. Sometimes these divisions lead to physical violence. It is heartbreaking to see a lack of peace in the world around us. Help us as a community to be an example of what it means not to avoid conflict, but to approach it as peacemakers. Help us to be united in you as we seek to make peace in the world around us this season and always. Amen. I'm really thankful for the song that he sang this morning, The Good Father. You know, he talked about how good his dad was and, and how much he looked up to him. But I'm thankful that God is a good, good father, even when our fathers aren't. Aren't you? When we have complicated relationships with them, and, or maybe they weren't there. I know that was the case for me, and I'm, I'm thankful for that this morning. Anyway, um, today is Peace Sunday, and I'm really, really glad to be here. I have so been looking forward to bringing this morning's Advent message. In our world today, peace really seems to be elusive, doesn't it? With all the things we hear in the news about violence and conflict, and it's a lot some days. I, some days I can't even read, I can't even watch the news, I can't read the news, I can't do it. I don't have it in me to hear about all the stuff that's going on in Ukraine and other places in the world, in Iran. If you don't know about Iran, you need to. You should. You should. I, I can't say you need to. You it's worth knowing about. But even in our own community, here locally, you know, we hear about violence and we hear about the, these horrible things that are happening. 
conflict around the world and right here at home. And, and when we know about these things, we hear about these things, it's hard to imagine what it would look like to have peace on earth. It, it feels like a pipe dream sometimes, doesn't it, to have peace. But this morning, this Peace Sunday of Advent, we want to take time to consider the peace of Christ. And as we read this morning with the, the candle lighting, the possibility of peace in our world. As I was reading in preparation for this morning, one thing I came across was this perspective on shalom, which is the Hebrew word used for peace that either I hadn't heard before or I just hadn't paid attention to. Likely I didn't pay attention to it, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but while shalom does mean peace, it translates to our English word peace, there's a lot more nuance to it than our two-dimensional word. For the Jewish people, shalom is not only a blessing of sorts that means peace, but it also carries this idea of, well, health and wholeness and completeness. It's far beyond an absence of conflict, but instead it's this holistic ideal of wellness in the individual as well as in the community. So with this, this perspective of shalom peace in mind, let's look at the scriptures for this morning in Romans. Starting in chapter 15, verses 4 through 13, it says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patient and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give God glory for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it's written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, in Isaiah, he said, the heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whew. <laughs> Here, Paul is giving instructions for how we live as a community of believers how we, how we relate with each other. The stronger believers should be gracious to the weaker ones. They should care for their neighbors and have the same attitude that Christ has for them with each other. This foundation of peace, of learning what, it's, what it means to live in community, community together. Um, Dr. Chambo, the author of our devotional, which how many of you are really enjoying these devotionals? I'm loving it. And what's nice is I have friends all over Nazarendom, because <laughs> it's kind of a small subset of Christianity, but they're sharing things online that they're learning from these devotionals. And I can say, hey, I, I, that hit me too. That really meant, was meaningful for me. Anyway, Dr. Shambo, um, she writes in the devotionals, devotional book for, for today, actually, that peace isn't the absence of conflict, as was mentioned earlier, but is in fact Christ. And, and I'm quoting her and saying, aligning one's attitude with Christ is what brings about one mind and one voice with which to glorify God. We live in peace with one another because he is our peace. He broke down walls that divide us and through the cross put to death hostility. Now we are free to love one another as brothers and sisters. In Christ, we are family. Well, like any family, <laughs> it's not always rainbows and sunshine, is it? <laughs> even in the church, and even in the church in Rome, you know, Paul is addressing issues with the church there. 
And, and we really can't understand those, those issues that he's addressing unless we go back and read from chapter 14 in verses 1 through 4. There Paul says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn, condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help they will stand and receive his approval. So why was it such a big deal to be eating meat that the believers in Rome were, that the, it was such a big deal that they were arguing over it? Well, I'll tell you. At that time, meat that had been sacrificed to idols would be then served in restaurants or sold in the market, okay? And this is probably what Paul is talking about. Some believers had no issue with this because they knew that idols weren't real. They weren't real gods. It meant nothing to them. To, to them, it was just good barbecue. <laughs> That's really all it was, you know. But for other believers, they found it problematic and considered it to be equivalent with idol worship. And Paul talks about that same thing. If we look in the, the first letter in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 8, verses 1, to, 1, and, 1 through 3 and 9 to 13, he writes this. <clears throat> now, regarding your question about food that's been offered to idols... It wasn't just the church in Rome that was arguing over this, you guys. <laughs> kind of makes me feel better about some of the things that we tend to argue about in church, doesn't it? <laughs> it? We're not the first ones by any means. Okay, so now regarding your question about food that's been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. And then he writes in 9 to 13, But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weaker believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Woo. Wow, the issue in these churches really came down to one group not having a problem with eating this meat that had been sacrificed to idols and one group believing that it was the equivalent of worshiping idols. And they were arguing with each other about it. They were being judgmental with each other, even, even excluding each other from certain things. And, and part of their... their their argument was which way was the correct way to honor and worship God. Now, we have never done that, have we? <laughs> Thank you for the, the chuckle. Maybe not here at Living Hope. I, I doubt it's happened here. At least not since I've been here. But there have, I have been in places, though, where people have argued over some silly things. Like... Um, whether or not you can worship God with what they considered to be rock and roll music, which really was just music that had drums and guitars. It wasn't worship music unless it was played with a piano and or an organ. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate a good piano and organ. I really do. I appreciate all of those styles of music. But is one wrong and the other one right? Or is it a matter of personal preference? The funny thing is, if you go back far enough in church history, there were groups of people that believed that worship with any kind of an instrument was wrong and didn't honor God. And even, there were groups that even thought that any music at all, any even singing, a cappella singing, didn't honor God, that it was sinful, that you could only chant if that. So, <clears throat> really, these kinds of tensions in the church are nothing new. 
though the subject of the argument may change over time. I, I know I've sa I said this before, that it's, it's all the same thing, just a different soundtrack, right? <laughs> well, Paul here is telling them not to judge each other or make themselves something called a stumbling block for, for others with their choices. So what does he mean by a stumbling block? If, if you've never heard that word, maybe you're, you're wondering. But that's when one believer, usually one that's more mature, a little more farther along in their, in their faith journey, participates in activities like eating meat to sacrifice to idols or listening to a certain kind of music or singing rock and roll worship music. And I use the term rock and roll loosely. <laughs> but in doing so, though, the mature believer is not affected. Their relationship with Christ is, 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 it has no effect on it. But someone who's not as mature sees them as doing something wrong, maybe even sinful, and then believing for themselves that those things are problematic. And what it does is it hinders the relationship that that less mature believer has with God. So it all boiled down to Paul telling mature believers not to do anything that would hinder another believer's relationship with Jesus. But Paul even goes a step further here. He moves past just not doing things that another believer might find problematic or a hindrance to instructing the stronger believers to look out for the weaker ones. Instead of being concerned with what is best for me and my relationship with God, it's a concern for what is good for my brother, for my sister, for my neighbor, for what builds up the community. Living in community means that we look out for the well-being, for the shalom of the whole by putting aside our own desires. Not our needs, per se, but our desires, especially when we disagree. And that's the thing. We don't always agree, do we? Paul here isn't telling the Christians in Rome they had to agree, is he? We, we, we heard it in the candle lighting liturgy, and, and, and if you're reading the devotional, Dr. Shambo isn't saying that peace and unity and harmony isn't an absence of tension or disagreement or conflict. What Paul is encouraging them to be is of one mind and one voice that comes from being like Christ. Christ is the example of love and compassion and caring for each other, for submission to each other and selflessness. Now, as we grow in our faith in Jesus, ideally, <laughs> we become more and more and more and more and more and more like him, don't we? He empowers us to do these things as we become more like him, to be loving, to be compassionate, to be caring and selfless. And this concept of being of one mind and one voice is mirrored in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Okay, it's the, what I love is this is a theme with Paul through a lot of his epistles. Man, I could have I could have brought out scripture after scripture. I didn't do that because you know we do have another service and <laughs> and I you know just because you're a captive audience, I didn't want to keep you here for two, three, four hours. So you're welcome. But in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6, Paul says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit. Just as, you, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul isn't talking here about agreeing about everything. That isn't even realistic. When he talks about the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, he is saying that we are united because we share the same foundation, which is Christ, not because we will never disagree. It also means that in Christ, we learn to accept each other for who we are and where we are in our faith journey. We do this because we've been accepted by Christ. He accepts us where we are, feeble faith and all. So we then can accept each other, feeble faith and all. You know, that's been a hard lesson I've had to learn in my lifetime. And, and 
it's only been really in the last decade or so that I've really learned to just accept people for who they are, not expecting them to be something that I want them to be or I think they should be, but loving them right where they are for who they are. And you know, it's been very freeing to, to come to that realization, to come to that understanding that because Christ has done that with me, I then in turn can and need to do that with my brothers and sisters, with my family, my church family. It's liberating. And, and I, I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you do that. It also means that in, oh wait, sorry, lost my place. <laughs> when we do this, when we accept each other for where we are and who we are, humbling ourselves to serve each other, our lives lived out in unity, glorifies God above all. That truly is the point of all of this, isn't it? Glor glorifying God above all. Now the words of Paul here might seem a little harsh, and I'll be honest, I kind of felt it in a couple places. <laughs> he's admonishing them, but he's also calling them out to something better, to something greater than what they had known to that point. He's calling out their personal preferences and telling them to encourage each other. He's calling out their judgmentalism and instructs them to embrace everyone. He's calling out their exclusionary systems. Whew, that one was tough for me. And tells them to see others through the eyes of Christ and see them the way he does. Paul isn't avoiding conflict in these passages, is he? Nor is he instructing the Christians in Rome or Corinthians or Ephesians to never disagree. He knows that true peace in a community comes when the faith community confronts the things that are keeping them from looking and being more and more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. Not ignoring issues. Oh, sorry. We live in a community. We live in community. Not by ignoring issues, but by being reminded of who we are called to be like showing mercy and grace to each other because Christ showed mercy and grace to us. In fact, in Romans 15, 14 and 15, and I apologize, this is not in your handouts. I, I put this in a little late, so it's my fault. <laughs> but Paul tells the Romans in these verses, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this little reminder. He knew that they knew this. We do too, but every once in a while, we need, a remind, we need reminded. I believe our church family here at Living Hope does a pretty good job, no, a really good job, of living like Christ in community. But... This is a great opportunity this morning, an opportunity to ask ourselves, where in our community do we need to be confronted with our judgmentalism, our favoritism, or maybe even our exclusionary behavior? Where do we need to be reminded of our foundation and identity in Christ? When have we ignored conflict for the sake of peace, even a false sense of peace, rather than doing the hard work of holiness that requires we look at our own hearts? Where do we need to set aside our own preferences and desires for the good of community and look more like Jesus as he served while he was on earth? And if peace in this community begins with me, me, where do I need to allow my heart to be transformed that I might be a person of peace? Pray with me, would you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message of peace that you've given us for this morning. Lord, it's not an easy message because peace is so terribly, terribly elusive for us. So much in the world is going on that we have no control over. We have no way of stopping the conflict, the war, the, the, the strife, Lord, but you are our peace. 
you and you alone, bring about that peace in us and in our community, in this community of faith that we have here at Living Hope, as well as our communities around us. Father, I pray that you would help us examine our hearts, look into our lives, and Lord, speak to us through your Holy Spirit about those places where we can be and must be an instrument of your peace in our homes, in our places of work, in our schools, to our neighbors, to our church, and to the people that we just interact with. Lord, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to come to your table, to receive the blessing of the, the bread and the cup. Lord, that you have, you have put that, you have put that in place for us as a reminder of your sacrifice of your love and your commitment to us for our goodness, for our redemption, for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, do forgive us for not always loving you with our whole selves and not always loving our neighbors the way we should. Forgive us for sometimes acting selfishly instead of seeking the good of others. And bless this bread and juice as we remember your sacrifice so that we can find forgiveness and redemption through your body and your blood. Pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us, if you would. Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As Darren shares once more, we're invited to come to the table. I'll be down front with bread and juice for you to receive. There are gluten-free wafers if you need them, as well as prepackaged elements if you're more comfortable partaking of that. So come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because of any goodness of your own gives you right to come, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people, you're the lord of this nation, you are. You're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done here. God of this city, you're the king of these people, you're the lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no one like our God. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city.
yet to come and create the things are still to be done here there is no And greater things are still to be done in this city Greater things have yet to come And greater things are still to be done in this city Greater things have yet to come And greater things are still to be done in this city again, God, for the good work that you are doing in our hearts and lives as we, as we entrust ourselves to you, as we allow your Holy Spirit to, to change us from the inside out. Please, God, would you, would you fill us with the Spirit of Christ today so that we might live as the body of Christ, as your people, so that you might do great things in us and through us as we share your grace and love with the world. You are so good, and we are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to leave you with this uh, blessing from, from Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>